0: Good morning. Good morning, Victory Church family and friends. This is the day that the Lord has made and we rejoice and we are glad in it. My name is Paul. I am privileged to serve as pastor of Victory Church of Charlottesville, where we exist to see people reconciled to God and to each other. And I'm so glad that you have chosen this morning to tune in today and make us your church home for the next 35 or so minutes. you're like where's the 29 minutes i know it's 29 minutes but we are going to partake in the lord's supper so i added a few minutes on there today and we're just grateful that you're here whether you're a christian or not uh maybe you're here and you're angry with god or you've maybe you're happy with god maybe you're on the mountaintop maybe you're in the valley uh thank you today again for choosing to connect with us today we are at victory church simply an imperfect people serving a perfect god doing our best to to know him through his word, the Bible, and in so doing, better reflect his character every single day here on earth. Uh, And and that is certainly a journey. Uh, Some things we understand, some we don't. And we ask God every day through prayer and meditation on his word to help us to live well. Uh, And to that end, I pray that this morning's message helps us do just that. Um, And when we finish the message this morning, as I referenced, we are going to uh, participate in the Lord's Table in Communion. And so uh, if you haven't done so, maybe you can grab those elements now, but certainly we'll give a couple seconds to do so as well at the end of, uh, at the, end of the message. Uh, the month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, today's sermon is going to be in line with that. Uh, now for the rest of the month of May, we're not going to have the traditional sermon series like we usually do, um, as we'll be allowing each speaker Uh, that presents the gospel this month to share an encouraging word that God puts on their heart. Uh, And to that end, next Sunday, we're going to have Pastor Brett Fuller with us. He's our sending pastor from Grace Covenant Church in Chantilly, Virginia. He'll be speaking a message in line with Mother's Day. The following Sunday, we will hear again from Kate Martin, who you just heard from recently in recent weeks. And then closing out the month of, of May will be Troy Savage, who again, we we recently heard. And by the way, have we not been encouraged and blessed by those God has used in recent weeks? Uh, God is, he's He's good to us. He's faithful. Uh, Stefan, Joseph, Kate, uh, Troy, we, we appreciate you uh, and the many who articulate the gospel in ways are, that pierce each of our hearts, whether in this platform, our 930 discipleship moment, victory groups, God has given each of us something to say. And I thank God for illuminating his word so we can do just that. Um, And so again, the end of the month, Troy will be closing us out. And then on June 6th, the first Sunday of June, um, if somehow I can pull myself together emotionally on that day, I will be uh, delivering my last sermon as your pastor. Um, As the rest of the month of June, will continue to hear Um, from from voices within Victory Church, as well as our extended family, Um, and uh, and, and, and my last official day as your pastor will be uh, July 1st. Um, And let me just say, if you're tuning in now for the first time, second time, third time, um, and and may not know what I'm referencing, I have been privileged, uh, honored to serve as pastor of Victory Church since its inception in 2018 uh, when we first began. And this past year, I began experiencing some nudging to to pass the baton. Uh, And if I'm honest, I resisted those nudges. But in recent months, it became pretty clear uh, that it was time to do just that. And so uh, emotionally, I'm not sure I've done anything uh, more difficult than this. Um, I love to pastor. I love to care for you specifically. Um, And to that end, our transitioning has absolutely nothing, nothing to do with you. Um, Everything to do with our family's obedience to Christ. Um, We love this church. We love this city. Um, It it hurts more deeply than you will ever know uh, or ever imagine um to have to move on and yet um, that directive was clear and so we have peace in that uh and we have peace in what god has for us in the next steps for us as a family as well as for victory church and as i say that those two things are not mutually exclusive we will always be family always 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 um and uh, before the summer is out, I even hope and look forward to um, saying see you later uh, in person, and so uh, more to come on, on that. But for now, this morning, turn with me to the book of First Kings, chapter 19. We're going to look at verses 3 through 6. First Kings, chapter 19, verses 3 through 6. It reads this way, reading from the NIV. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The title of the message this morning is Still There. Still There. Um, Lord, help us this morning as we uh, speak your word. Holy Spirit, speak for me. Remove me out of the way. In Jesus' name. Um, Still There. Elijah. I think it's a good place to start there. Who who is Elijah and uh, how did he get here to what's being discussed in this text? Elijah is a Hebrew prophet whose name means Yahweh. Um, Yahweh is my God fully is what his name means. Um, and, And he's believed to have been born in a town called Tishba in the larger area of Gilead. And the story of his prophetic career in the northern kingdom of Israel is actually told in 1 Kings chapter 17 through 19 and then again in 2 Kings chapters 1 and 2. comes on the scene in 1 Kings chapter 17 announcing to King Ahab that there was going to be a drought. And in many ways this drought was due uh, to the worshipping of an idol called Baal uh, that King Ahab and his wife had set up altars for. And shortly after, scripture says the brook indeed dried up because there had been no rain in the land. After that, Elijah then told the widow who was literally on her last dime trying to make just one more meal for both she and her son and then just planning to die. He said, bring me a little bit of water in a jar and oh, um, a piece of bread, too. He told her to make his meal first and then make something for her and her son. And Elijah said this, this is what the Lord says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Elijah was that prophet who said that and then it came to pass. There was food every single day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. Elijah was that prophet who then laid on the body of her son later on who had died and saw him raised to life. This is Elijah. He's the, 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 the prophet who also challenged the prophets of Baal to a showdown, if you will. Uh, in essence, was saying, hey, we're going to settle once and for all who is the real God. And so in chapter 18 and leading up to the chapter we read from today, he said, you know what? Get two bulls, four sacrifice, one for me, one for y'all. Told them, cut them into pieces Place it on the altar, but do not set fire to it. He said, call on your God. I'll call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. <laughs> he's God. So they agree. They take on this challenge. They start calling on Baal. Nothing happens. They start dancing. Nothing happens. Elijah then starts talking trash, like shout louder. Maybe <clears throat> maybe he can't hear you. Maybe, <clears throat> Maybe you need to clear your throat like me right now. Maybe he doesn't hear you. Maybe he's asleep. Check it out in in chapter 18. Elijah's talking trash to him. Maybe he's traveling. They start shouting louder. They start cutting themselves, which was their custom. And still there's no response. Finally, Elijah says to the people gathered, okay, okay, enough. Come here. (laughs) He sets up 12 stones, one for each tribe that descended from Jacob. He dug a trench around the altar. And then he says, Fill up four large jars of of water and pour it on the offering. They did that. And he said, do it again. They did it again. He said, do it a third time. They did it again. The water is now filling up the entire trench. And not to mention, remember, it hadn't rained. So he's actually asking them to get the the most precious resource and to offer that up quick parenthetical. How many know God wants you to offer up the most precious resource that you and I have? You, your life. He wants you. Will you follow him even when it doesn't make sense or goes against your very own plan for your life? Close that parenthesis they, they poured out the water and then he steps forward. He prays to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let it be known, he says, that you are God. Scripture says the fire of the Lord then fell, burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and just licked up all the water in the trench. Elijah was that man, had all the swagger, you as you might have mentioned, in this moment. And then here comes Jezebel in chapter 19. Chapter 19, verses one and two. It says now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets. With the sword so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, "May the gods deal with me be it ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I don't make your life like one of them. And then verse three, where we picked up today says Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. What in the world happened. How did he go from this fire falling from heaven boy raised to life. how does how did he go from this to that or from that to this how do we go from this to that or from that to this from confidence to feeling like we are worthless from faith to fear how do we go from there to here so quickly now we don't know if if if, if elijah had a clinical diagnosis if there was something in the dsm if you will, the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders that, that that clinicians today use to diagnose. We don't know if he had a clinical diagnosis. The Bible doesn't tell us that. It's not explicitly, uh, doesn't explicitly speak about mental illness in terms of how we might define it today in modern times. And there could be many reasons for Elijah's fear, but I, I wanna suggest at least a possible reason for him and definitely, A reason at times for us is forgetfulness. Here's a brother saw fire fall from heaven and then Jezebel comes along with a few words and he's off to the races? Certainly, if he were able to recall with clarity how God had just shown up for him at Mount Carmel, Jezebel and her threats, though concerning and warranting some wise decision-making and action, would not be reason alone to run away scared. But can't all of us relate to that on some level when we can't seem to grasp the reality of Christ having seen and overcome way more than what we are dealing with at any particular time, fear can creep in. When we forget that at the word of God, all creation appeared. When we forget that Jesus gave sight to the blind, when we forget that Jesus, he healed the lepers from their disease, when we forget where he's brought us from and what he's brought us through, fear can creep in. But the good news, text your friend, the good news is that God is still there with you. That's the main point today. God is still there with you. And I certainly am not here to indict anyone's faith for the times that you've been afraid. We have all been there. Especially this morning, um, uh, if you're struggling with, with fear that is more pathological in nature and may even warrant medical attention, this especially is not an indictment of your faith either. Just like I wouldn't indict anybody getting chemotherapy if they've been diagnosed with with cancer or or, or getting surgery on their, their, their ACL rupture. Uh, there's no indictment of your faith. What I am saying, though, is that all of us can open the door to fear on some level when we forget who our God is. And as we open the door, fear then can tempt us to run, to get on to the races. The text says Elijah was afraid and the brother ran. The Bible says in Proverbs 9 and 10 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and so it's important for all of us to know when it is wisdom rooted in our reverence for God or fear that needs to be prayed over and cast out by his perfect love. In Elijah's case, it appears that fear and not wisdom made Elijah run for his life. Whenever people, whenever you and I get into fear, we can we can We can feel less able, less competent, less positive about ourselves. And in some cases, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, some cases more depressed. And when people are depressed, the temptation to isolate is tough to resist, tough to stiff arm, tough to hold off. Text says that Elijah ran to Beersheba in Judah. It says he had someone with him at first, but but then it says he left him and kept going, further isolating himself. Have you ever found yourself just not wanting to be around folks? The folks that typically you'd wanna be around, you, you ever find yourself just not wanting to be bothered for long stretches of time, only to find out that it really doesn't help you in the way that you would want it to help you? Now, such solitude. I I, I have learned over time, the extrovert that I am, that it's beneficial for all of us, even us extroverts. And certainly the introverts are like, yes, I need my time. And at other times it could exacerbate a depressed mood. Now, some of you listening to this right now may be tempted to even tune out because you're saying, ah, I see where this is going. I haven't had to battle with mental illness in my life. Maybe that's nice. To, maybe that's the case and praise God if it's not. However, don't tune out because we know from the National Institutes of Mental Health that one in five U.S. adults live with a mental illness. It's about 46 million or so people. That one in four worldwide, according to the World Health Organization, will experience mental health issues so if you haven't had to deal with mental health challenges chances are you have a neighbor you can support text says elijah went on a day's journey further into the wilderness and the next thing we know is that the man who just rained down fire from heaven is praying to die how does one get there Elijah says, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm worse than my ancestors. He believed that. Now, you and I might say, really? The last time I checked in, my brother, you were living your best life. Raising folks from the dead, just populating folks' pantry with endless food in the midst of a drought. What are you talking about? your life is gravy, you're living your best life. But Elijah believed it. When individuals in our sphere of influence find themselves suicidal, the the temptation for us and and those around them is to say to them, hey, you're you're being irrational. But what we know from research is that for that person having that suicidal ideation, it is very rational for them. Elisha too believed. He was worse than his ancestors. Then says he went and he lay down under a bush and went to sleep. But the good news is that God was there. And God is still there with you, with me, in the midst of it all. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He still loves you. Sends an angel to the prophet Elijah. Now, I don't know why some, in this case Elijah, Responded, And I don't know why some wake up and hear the angels and others don't. I don't know why, for example, I heard in my own points of distress in life and, and others, like my high school buddy and other friends of mine throughout life, didn't hear them. They, they follow through on their plans to die. I don't know why. All I know is that I am here now responsible for this opportunity in this moment to tell you that God is still there with you. The text says an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around by his head. There was some, some bread baked over some hot coals, a jar of water. And wherever you find yourself today, maybe you're not in you know, what seems to be dire straits like Elijah running for your life, praying that you would die. Maybe you're not praying at night that you would die. Maybe you are, but maybe you're not. And But but you know maybe you're not in the best place. You have a neighbor you know is not in the best place. Or you sense yourself sort of moving toward a not so good place. Place you're you're losing interest in activities that previously you you were interested in. You're becoming excessively guilty about things. You're you're withdrawing from people that typically you'd want to be uh, around. You're 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 sleeping more and not feeling rested, and not sleeping enough, can't sleep. Your appetite's fluctuating. Whatever it is, you might be feeling yourself going towards a not so good place. Now I am no angel. <laughs> But I read the Bible, and last I checked, Numbers 22, God used a donkey to speak some truth to Balaam. And so I pray that he can use me in this moment to tell somebody that needs to hear it, get up and eat. Which could mean for you, get up, go talk to somebody. Get up, go talk to to Jesus when when your eyes open at 3 a.m. and you're like, why can I not go back to sleep? Get up call new city counseling in Charlottesville with whom victory now has a formal partnership where we will pay 75% of the cost of your seeing a counselor for up to five sessions. (coughs) If you call victory home 75% of each session up to five sessions, we will cover praise the Lord. Call New City Counseling. Get up and eat. Get into a victory good, a victory good, a victory group. God is saying, I have some bread. I have some water just for you. Get up and eat. God is still there with you. And as I close, I think it's important that we're mindful that this is not a Mental illness is not a sprint. Elijah, lay down to sleep. Got up, had to eat again. Lay down, got up, had to eat again. It took time. Give yourself some time. Give those around you who might be struggling time working through mental illness, mental health challenges. It can be a marathon. And don't let anyone, don't let anyone tell you that your victory only lay in the relief of your symptoms. I refuse to believe, mainly because the Bible does not communicate that our that our victory is predicated on how we are feeling. I refuse to believe that that is the only Focus of victory, that there's been a relief of symptoms or that, that I refuse to believe it. That the Bible doesn't say anything about our victory being determined by what the doctor's report says. The devil is a liar. Our victory, our victory is rooted in our belief and trust in the one who is with us as we go through. That's why every day we could say this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it, not because it always feels good when we get up in the morning. But, God, you're with me as I go through it. To you, I have my victory. Now, can God do some things instantaneously? Absolutely. I believe that because the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, tells me so. I believe God is able. But God doesn't owe us that. One of the reasons we see mental illness and, and other forms of suffering uh, uh, we see them begin to feel like threats to our faith is that because many of us, many, many many Christians, many non-Christians alike, have bought into the philosophy that we shouldn't suffer in this life. That somehow we, 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 we should be able to live a storm-free life, when in reality, based on Scripture, that is just not the case. In fact, I believe in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 2, it says, When? you pass through the waters, God will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When mental illness, to come back to that as we close, is not a sprint. The last that I checked, we serve a God who has endured so much more than a marathon on our behalf, took on human flesh, lived the life we should have lived, died a death we should have died in our place, rose again on the third day, proving that he is the son of God, all power in his hands, and is still working today, dispatching angels everywhere, nudging each of us to get up and eat. And my prayer today is that all of us would, would hear and, and feel that nudge and, and that we will be used by God to be that nudge for those in our sphere of influence who might need it, to, to, to remind each other as we pursue being reconciled to God and to each other that God is still there. God is still there with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the awareness that you are still there. As we speak, particularly in this month of mental health awareness, that we speak particularly to mental health challenges that we know by data that, that, that many of us uh, uh, deal with and, and, and manage and overcome on a daily, we, daily basis. We thank you, God, that you are present with us, that you have not forgotten us. As the psalmist says, Lord, how long, oh Lord, will I wrestle with my thoughts? But the psalmist also ended up crying out with praise unto you because you're worthy and because you're with us. Thank you for always being there. And may we be encouraged by that. And may we be the encouragement that those in our sphere of influence might need with an increased level of sensitivity and awareness of the health issue that mental illness is. And may we be. May our eyes be opened and may there be illumination for how you might choose to bring healing to such mental health challenges. We love you, Lord. We bless you today in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we're gonna take a moment to grab your elements, juice, uh, crackers, bread, water, whatever you have to represent the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, We are grateful uh, for the body and the blood of, of Jesus Christ. And so give you a couple seconds to grab that and then we are going to partake together. Communion, something at Victory Church that we do uh, on the first Sundays of the month corporately, but my gosh, every day we we can commune with the Father. Communion is a celebration of the gospel, the gospel being that Jesus took on our sin, received the wages of sin, which was death, in our place so that we could be made whole through him. Communion is for anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ bible says in chapter in 1 corinthians chapter 11 <clears throat> that we should not though take communion in an unworthy or irreverent manner and so uh, we'd like to in this moment just take a minute uh, 15 seconds and just examine our hearts where are we lord what do we what do we need to offer up to you and confess and, and help us lord to properly reverence who you are in this moment take a moment and examine your hearts Bible says also in first Corinthians chapter 11 beginning at the latter part of verse 23 that on the night that our Lord was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me would you eat with me Verse 25, it says, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your shed blood on Calvary's cross. (laughs) For our sins, you took on our sins, you were pierced in your side. Ruse for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was upon you. Thank you, Lord. We remember your sacrifice because of which now we can receive salvation. We are so thankful for the promise also of your return. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Family, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Uh, and I pray again, as I prayed at the end of the message, that we'll be mindful of the month of May, though not having this traditional sermon series, to be mindful of what it is uh, highlighting and raising a, a level of awareness about in terms of mental health, and that we might read a little more. Talk to a few more folks so that we can steward the gospel in such a way that we can minister well in that space also. And that might be ministering to ourselves. Amen. Love y'all. Have a great day.